What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Guyao Now Show. I'm your host, Bob McIntosh, and today we have Calvin Wayman. And during this conversation, we talk about his experience with polygamy, a fundamentalist Mormon religion, how he got out of his own way, uh, and many, many other crazy things that I think I never would have thought about asking someone, but just kind of came up in a natural way that this man has gone through and succeeded on getting, getting out of his own way. So I'm excited for this show. I hope you are too. Let's dive in and see what he has to say. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Get Out of Your Own Way Now show. I am your host, Bob McIntosh, and I have today my good friend, Kelvin Wayman. And Kelvin and I met a number of years ago at an entrepreneur conference. And it's funny, a lot of the folks that I've met in the entrepreneur world, sometimes I forget where we meet. Um, and it's not that like the meeting itself was forgettable. It's just that I meet so many awesome people that it, it kind of like merges into this like, Oh, was it here or was it there? It was something like that. And we were just talking about this beforehand. And the the re the thing that I remember about this is that we were at this event called Life on Fire. And we might have met before this, but this is what sticks in my head. This is in San Diego? Uh, I believe we were in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And, okay, you know, so that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were in Los Angeles and we go and we get lunch. I believe it was a Mexican restaurant. I could be wrong on that, but the restaurant doesn't really matter. Totally. But, and, and we sit and I just remember, I remember sitting there and I know we had conversed before this. I think you had just barely come out with your book. Yeah. Like just, um, or it might've not even been out yet or it might've been like just launched. I forget exactly when, but, um, I just remember having a really great conversation with you at lunch and there was other people there and this is funny. There's other people there. And if you were there at this lunch and I, I don't remember you just cause I remember the conversation that I had with you and, and that sex in my head. And it's not to say that you were, if you were there, by the way, and you're watching this, I'm totally sorry. Um, it's not that you're a forgettable person. I just, it was a number of years ago and that sticks in my head uh, five years ago, actually, because it was when my book came out, it was just 2015. So yeah, a number of years, but anyways, what's been interesting about our relationship and knowing you for as long as I have is in the time I know you, every time I have a conversation with you, I feel like I learn more about your life. That's fascinating to me. Um, and, and we'll get into it for those of you listening. We'll get into this in, in a minute. But uh, I think Kelvin's had a, a very fascinating life, a lot that he's had to get out of his own way for, which is why I wanted to have him on the show. And um, I, I just it's been interesting. Like I said, every time I talk to you, I learn more about you. And I'm like, man, like, you know, you face you faced a lot of things that most of us will never have to face. And this is not to say that, you know, that makes it better or worse than for you if you're listening. It's just very different. And I think part of the idea of this show is to say, hey, look, we're going to have to get out of our own way in all kinds of ways. Yes, a lot of you are entrepreneurs that are listening to this. Many of you are real estate investors or other business owners. But there's so many areas where this knowledge can apply, whether and, and we were just talking about this before, which is, you know, business relationships, just life in general, all kinds of areas. You, uh, you said religion, too. Um, there's a lot of things that we're gonna have to do. And so I'm excited for this. And by the way, fun fact, like we, you know, I said, Hey, like, I remember the conversation. We're now an hour and 11 minutes since we first hopped on and we're just finally getting to record because we just had so much to talk about and catch up on. Um, and I think that's a sign of a, a someone that you connect with at a deeper level is that we can have an hour conversation We're like, Oh, we should probably record this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, that was a very long introduction, but I felt, felt it was important. So, Calvin, thank you for being on the show, dude. I truly appreciate having you here. You're welcome. And I just have to say, since you brought up that that lunch, I know you at least had a mock copy of your book because you had it with you. Mm, okay. Because 
what I remember, you were the first person I ever talked to that I saw somebody that had an actual book because I was thinking of writing my book and I was collecting thoughts and ideas of how to actually do it. And I was like, wait, this is your name. You wrote this book and you showed me the book. There's like a fist in it or something. Yep. Yep. I totally remember that. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, um, when I was like, so who are you? I'm like, well, I wrote a book or something like that. And that was the start. And I just totally did not like, I just revisited that you were the first person ever in my journey where I met somebody that wrote an actual book. There we go. Funny, funny how things, I love that you remember the fist. Uh, I got so much crap from a lot of my, my friends and people like, Oh, don't put a fist in it. That, that's, that, that's like negative. Like it's punching something. I was like, that's the whole point. Um, and it, but it's often the thing that people remember the most about the book from the, the design aspect anyways. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, okay, so um, I'm going to let Calvin tell more of his story, but um, what I think would be helpful for people is to know a little bit of your background, what you came through okay. to get to where you are today, um, and then we'll we'll dive into some more questions as we go along. But uh, just tell them a little bit about you know your background. I don't want to spoil it because I think it's I think it's an awesome, I think it's an awesome story. Okay, so I have what some people call an unconventional background. Uh, other people might call it. I grew up in potentially a secret society because it was very private. We didn't talk about it. We were taught to not share it with anybody in the outside world. I grew up in a very strict fundamentalist religion. Uh, it's known as Mormon fundamentalism. And I think to be fair to my Mormon friends, I want to just say here up front, this is not the same as regular Mormonism. It because regular Mormonism has about 18 million members. I had about 1,500 in mine. And I have a big fucking family. Uh, can we say that, by the way? Yeah, yeah. totally fine. That's great. Um, so I actually do not have one mom like most people do. I actually have four moms because my dad was a polygamist. We, I grew up in a, in a family, a religion that celebrates the practice of polygamy. And I grew up with 44 best friends that were all my siblings. So <laughs> come from a very big family. And one thing I think is wor worth pointing out too is there was a lot of good about this. Uh, it sounds really outrageous at this point. <laughs> uh, when like, as I travel the world and talk to other people and I'm like, oh, you mean you don't have dozens of siblings? I see how unusual it is, but there's some good things about it. like. Uh, like I mentioned, best friends that you're hanging out with. Uh, we grew on a small family farm, so I learned about hard work and things of that nature. And and then there's also the, I guess, religious stuff that probably had its good aspects too. But it what it feels like is I, I came from, like I was in a cave and I didn't realize that I was in a cave because it's all I ever knew. And that was part of the getting out of your own way is, is starting to recognize when I was in it, it was completely normal. Like there, everybody I knew that was a polygamist, everybody that I ever associated with was in the religion or tied to it in some way. And so I was never homeschooled or I was never, I never went to public school. I was only homeschooled and stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of the, the starting point. So that's, where I come from. That was my, my family. And 
I'll just kick it back to you to see wherever you want to take that because it can yeah. go. So I, I mean, okay, if you're if you're listening or watching this, I think the thing to, to to take away or consider is oftentimes we find ourselves in circles that we, you know, whether we were forced in the circle, it was forced upon us, or whether we choose that circle. And then sometimes we don't think about what's outside that circle because we get so caught up in being yeah. in that circle. And I think that's an important thing. So um, when, when we look at our circles that we choose to be in or not, doesn't matter. Um, tell me more about your journey and your experience of uh, leaving that circle. Now, yeah. and, and I don't, you know, I obviously not everyone here knows who you are, but um, I would imagine that like even just being an entrepreneur or choosing that path was mm -hmm. like, whoa, wait, hold on, you're, you're gonna do what? And maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm curious, you know, so you have this this normalcy that you've seen your own whole life. And then now you're kind of getting outside and you're meeting other people and other things. What was that like? Was it scary? Was it exciting? Was it both? I don't know. So fucking scary. So first of all, you, you mentioned choosing your circles or not choosing your circles. One way or another, we find ourselves in different circles. Uh, and I, sometimes we were like, there's this story of two fish swimming and an older fish swims past them. And the older fish says, how's the water boys? And then one of the other fish look at the, looks at each other like confused and says, what's water? You know, mm -hmm. we're that way when like, we don't see what we're actually in. So it, it actually starts for me when I decided to do something that nobody in my family had done. And that was go to college. Again, I was homeschooled. It was very specific with what you should learn. Like information was not just information. You needed to get information from God. And the way to get information from God was through God's church leaders and also through these very specific books that you can read. You shouldn't read outside of that. At the time when you're in it, you don't see how that can be problematic and how it can be like this infestive type thing. But then I went to college. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm in water. Or look what I'm in. I actually believe this. And that started a journey, a really big journey, for me discovering what I actually believed in and what I wanted. One thing I did know, and the thing that led me to college, I wouldn't have called it this, but I was very entrepreneurial. I did not enjoy doing things just because somebody told me to. I was not meant to be an employee, although I was. And I was not around entrepreneurs and I went to school for business and then got to this place in 2015 where I was like, I had tried other entrepreneurial things. I had tried network marketing and then I was part of an infamous network marketing company that ended up going under. I haven't talked about this a whole lot, uh, but it's called wake up. Now there was Vima that eventually had and Vima and wake up. Now we kind of went head to head sometimes. But I was making a, 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 my first ever entrepreneurial type money. Right. You wake up now. And then. And listen, network marketing is, is often the gate, the gateway drug for entrepreneurship. Too. Yeah, that's what I found. It's the gateway drug for entrepreneurship and sometimes personal development, um, which I think can be a good thing. But I just hope some people end up making the transition because I do think it can get a little bit dysfunctional. But with that said, the best thing that could have ever happened happened and that company went out of business. So that, that freaked me out because 
first of all, when you're like, you were kind of sold the dream that you build this thing and it's residual income essentially forever. And it made me realize that it, it still wasn't full entrepreneurship. I didn't fully control it. Like somebody, it like I wanted, if, if, if something was going to go out of business, I wanted it to be on me so that right. I could then change something. So then I went back and forth of what I was going to do. And, and then eventually, man, I just quit my day job cold turkey. It, uh, to your point, like it was not a good idea to a lot of people in my circle. I did not have any entrepreneurial friends really or family members. And it was crazy. So there was a, a lack of support in that system for, for that choice. Yeah. And I think a question that I've gotten a lot is like, well, how did you do it? Like, did you have a big bunch of savings and stuff like that? And the answer is no. And what I, the pattern of how I came to that decision is something I try to use in any big decision. And I've even been using it with COVID. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. And, and this is what I, what I did, how I actually came to make that choice to finally jump. Well, I had already tried doing side hustles. And for me, that didn't work because my personality is go all in on something or like halfway doesn't even feel like halfway. Halfway is like 10% effective. So there was one day in particular that I just sat down and maybe I picked this up from being around some people in personal development around network marketing. I don't know exactly where it came from, but I just decided to dream a little bit. I closed my eyes and I put myself 10 years into the future. And then I saw my 10 year older self and I had this dialogue with my 10 year older self. And in the conversation, I was like, what should I do? Should I quit now? Should I keep going? When should I quit my job? And my 10 year older self essentially said, well, in 10 years, you're going to have more responsibility, not less. So if you're ever going to do it, why not do it now? And also in this moment, I got to feel how the, the, the drive and the fire that I had to be an entrepreneur, to do something different. And I had this very depressing thought. And it was, what if I wake up in 10 years? Nothing has changed. I'm still in a stuck spot. But the fire that I have died. What if it died because I didn't actually act on it? And that's what made me say, screw it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. So that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. That was five years ago. And there's been a lot of failure, a lot of, uh, not a lot. There's been a few successes, um, a lot of failure, a few successes. But I just, I'm guided by the Mark Cuban quote that you just need to really hit one home run, kind of go for a few base hits, but all you need is one home run and just still, just still kicking uh, uh, since then. So that's where I'm okay. at. So in the, in the, in the decision to go to college and then ultimately follow entrepreneurship, um, what, what made you ignore the advice of everything you'd known, the circle of people, your, your family, your 40, uh, you know, 40, 40 plus brothers and sisters, four moms, dad, I'm assuming too. I don't know. Um, right. Uh, the answer is a bigger fear that swallowed the smaller fear. Mm -hmm. So I had all the fears of what if I fail, what are my parents going to think? What's everybody going to think? But again, on that 10 year visualization thing, the fear 
of the fire dying because I didn't fucking act. The fear of me being in the same place in 10 years, the fear of that being my reality was way bigger than any fear to, of actually taking a step, of, of quitting and failing. And so because that fear was so much bigger, I came to the conclusion that I would rather try and fail, like I would rather fail than wake up and just feel regret in 10 years that I didn't actually give it a shot. So it wasn't any big motivational thing. It was actually a big fear that I didn't want to have. I That's perfect. I mean, Tony, Tony Robbins talks a lot about, and I'm sure other people do. I know, I know other people do too as well, which is we'll do more to avoid pain than seek pleasure. And then pain is often associated with fear. So I think that's, and I tried to visualize my why and why I would want to do something and it would move me forward a little bit and it sometimes would fall back, but it was actually the pain that I got to feel of never acting, never going after it, just waking up and be like, I should have done this a decade ago and now I can't cause I'm stuck and I have more responsibility and feeling that fear and the shittiness of that moment, what it could be is what made me say, here goes, let's jump. Okay. So have since, since making these decisions, you know, have, have you lost contact with, with the family? I mean, do they still talk to you? Have they like excommunicated you saying, no, you've chosen something different. We're not going to deal with it anymore. Cause I, I have a, a friend that I know that did like, he literally lost his wife, his kids. He can't talk to them anymore. Cause now not same religion, but similar mm -hmm. concepts in terms of exclusive exclusivity and, um, or are they still part of your life? And, and if not, I'm curious, you know, was that a light decision? How did you come to that decision knowing that that might be the, might be the case? Yes and no. Yes, that, well, I have since chosen a completely different life path because a part of all this, uh, like even how I talked about my background, even though there was a lot of good things around it, I have obviously chosen a completely different life path and I'm no longer in Mormon fundamentalism and things like that. These kind of these were kind of interwoven. The entrepreneurship piece, I don't think that necessarily lost any family member type stuff. But I will say, since making the decision to leave the religion, yes, okay, that, that has that has had quite the impact because at that point, my life is pretty public. I shared it out on social media when I made the choice, and that made a lot of people. Like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised on one hand, but at the time it was, I was really shocked that how much it would feel like it was like ripped out from under me type of a thing. And again, I love my family. I, I, I want them to be happy. I want them to pursue whatever they want. But with that said, yes, there were relationships and connections that have fizzled because of the path that I've chosen to take with my life. Okay. And so do like, were you aware that that was a possibility at the time, but that that might happen when you're making this choice? I, th I think there, there was a, there's always been a fear of what, whether I'd be accepted or rejected with my life choices. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I really realized the depth of what it could be. Okay. In a way, I'm glad I didn't. Cause I think that would have made it that much tougher. I think I still would have done it. I think I still would have done it, but it would have probably delayed the decisions. Okay. And so, you know, when you were considering this or looking at it, 
was there, you know, and you're saying, okay, there's, there's this fear, this, you know, in, I would assume part, part of the unknown of whatever's going to happen and part of the, okay, this is what could happen. Um, how did you not let that hold you back? I mean, was it the same thing of, of a different fear? Or? Well, what it was for me then was, and this is with all of the tough decisions, whether it's to consciously uncouple somebody that I was in an arranged marriage with or like quitting my day job and stuff like that quitting the, leaving the religion. I've always come to, I have this belief that the way I can show up the best for other people is if I fill my own cup, if I am pursuing what I feel called to do. And that's what I bet on. Even though there's so much uncertainty in the steps that I'm taking, you don't know where it's going to end up. And that's tough because this is certain where you are in. It's, it's pretty damn certain, but what are you choosing? Are you choosing to bet on you or are you choosing comfort and other people's feelings? And what I've, what I've come to, and I don't know where I picked it up, but it's, it's how I try to guide my life is I want to do what I feel called to do because in the long run, that looks like the best life, not just for me, but for everyone around me because if i'm doing something only because i don't want to offend somebody that eventually turns into resentment of those people and i don't want to have that and so man that was a huge thing with like one of the i I was so conditioned to worry so much about my dad specifically and what he thought because how the religion is structured there's the dads are like patriarchs and they are they, they basically can be the, the, the key into your life advancement and potentially into heaven. Like to the point that like the only way I could advance in the church was for my dad to recommend me to the church leaders to give me different levels of what's called priesthood so that I could advance in that. The only way I was going to eventually get married is if my dad, I was in good standing with him and he could maybe recommend it to the church leaders and they could then give me an arranged marriage, you know? So that was freaking heavy. And then, so there was some unwinding there, but I think the ultimate thing that, that has led me to do that despite the fear is betting on myself for the long run and doing things that I know is going to make me happy for the long run. Cause I don't want to resent my dad. I don't want to resent anybody in my family. I want to say, Yes, you may not agree with this, but I'm going to go do things that I feel called to do. And again, it could be an optimism thing. I'm just optimistic that in the long run, since I'm doing what I feel called to do, I'm going to be happy. And then I'm going to be able to support the, uh, the, other, the others around me because I'm my best self. That's perfect. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's always how we can. But oftentimes, I know even for myself, I get caught up in what I think uh, others want of me versus, you know, what I want for myself. And, and I know that for a lot of people, the struggle is the same. They, they have that same kind of. Yeah. Struggle. And, 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 and I say it as the, like, I'm speaking from the point of when I finally have come to the conclusion of that, because I've had the same struggle, you know, and I think it's delayed me in some sense. I think, in fact, in a lot of ways, I think I could have, even though it looks big and bold to jump out of your day job, 
I think I delayed, delayed that decision for a long time because I was worried about what people thought. I think the decision to unconsciously uncouple with my arranged marriage probably was delayed a little bit. And I think I'm getting better and better at it too, because the it's, it takes practice to, to live into your life and live in it for what you feel called to do. Cause at first it feels so selfish, especially if you've been conditioned, you're now are worried about what people think. And if you're going to come across as selfish and you have to get to this place where you're like, actually the very best thing I can do for the people I love, like I have two kids, the very best thing I can do for my two kids is to live my fullest, best life. That's the best way I can support them. If I'm living a smaller version than what I know for myself, that's not supporting them. And that's not setting them up for a good life. I yeah. want to see giving them the, a, a bad example to follow. Exactly. I want to break that chain, that generational pattern of live in the same place, do the same shit and be like, actually, look, Papa didn't, he did his own, like he created his own life. He got out of his own goddamn way and <laughs> look at what he created. And maybe I can create something like that too. So that's the intention. Perfect. So I want to go back to something that you said, because I think it's very relevant to everyone. Um, and as you're telling the story about how you would move up in the church and what that looked like, um, the word that you used a lot was given. I could be given this. I could be given this. Never I earned this or I've, um, I'm working for it for myself. It's always you are given something. And I think that a lot of people that I've met we get stuck, especially if we were employees for a long time, because I know a lot of a lot of you who listen um, have discovered entrepreneurship later in your life, but you were an employee for a long time. And I believe that while that creates a lot for us, maybe it was the way that we went as employees. Oftentimes we are we get accustomed to being given things yep. versus going and taking them for ourselves. And I don't necessarily mean like, you know, I'm slicing throats and stepping on toes to get whatever I want, but having the initiative and motive and drive to say, I'm going after this because I want it for myself, not yes. because someone gave it to me. And so what I'd love to know from you is, you know, was there a moment in time that it happened incrementally where you, because I would imagine that if you're growing up in that kind of environment where everything is being given to you, like you, and you, your own words were, Hey, I, you know, cause it was, it's, it, it was all that like, it right? was, yeah. And in fact, it, you were shamed to, to go take, to go get like in every level, like we had religious sayings. We, we can go to answer the question, but we had religious sayings. Like if you seize on blessings that you were not given to you, then you will be cursed. Meaning if you went out and, and earned something and got it, like anything, like if I mowed lawns and I didn't give that money to my dad, I was considered a bad person because I didn't earn that. Like if I get any money, I should be given to me by my dad. Or if you get married, don't go out and find your, your mate. It was, this is how we viewed it. The view we had was everybody has somebody for them. God knows who that is. And if I were to go date someone, I would be cheating on like, I'm, I'm dating somebody else's wife, even though she's single. And mm. I would also be cheating on my future wife, even though I'm not married. And so everything should be given. You should wait and be patient and just be good in your stead and not, not take, not, not pursue, not any of that. Right. 
So how did you overcome that? What, like, like I said, was it, was it a moment in time where you said, no, this is BS and I got to do change it. Or was it like incrementally? There was a moment that I realized how potent it was. It's so funny because one of the conversations you and I had off air was just recognizing how there are some things that are innate to us. This is something that I've become aware of much later that I have that in me to want to pursue, to want to go earn, to go get it. And I have that naturally. And then I'm in an environment that is very much not that. So what's, what's going to happen then what, you know? So I think that in me is what led me to do things like go to school, go to entrepreneurship school, even though nobody else in my family did. Um, But where I realized how powerful it was, was one of the first things that I did right after quitting my day job was go do door to door, you know, door to door is you cannot sit on your ass and be given anything. And there were times literally the opposite, <laughs> literally the opposite. There were days and several days where I went zero, zero, like nothing days, complete dry spells. And I remember one day in particular, I'm feeling my goosebumps rise as I tell this story because it was after maybe four or five days of getting nothing and I'm banging on 40 doors a day and I'm working my ass off and I got nothing. And it would have been so easy to kind of just fold. And then I realized, no, I want this to work. So I'm going to go take it. I'm going to make it fucking happen. I'm going to go take it. I'm not going to hope and wait. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to take it. And it's weird because I also, it's not an energy like you're, screwing someone it's not an energy like you're being selfish it's like this energy like this it's like a decision power where you where you come to that what you want you can actually just go claim it and i could be pissed and sad and licking my wounds that i just went five days with nothing or i could say what i wanted and i could go take it i could go get it and there was this one night where this came over me and i did that i just went and fucking took it and when I'm in that energy, man, it feels so good because you're like, okay, I dare you to tell me now. And I started having this ritual even right after this, that you can go take it realization. And funny you brought this up because I've never shared this ever, but like, it was such a big deal to me. Like on my way to the door to knock, I would sometimes just get myself in a, in a certain state. And sometimes I would say, I dare you to tell me no. I dare because I'm not going to stop. I'm taking it. This is what I want. This is the success I want. I'm going to go get it. And I'm not going to stop until I do. So you might as well give it to me because I'm here to take it. By the way, I'm totally picturing like you're like walking down the street, like pumping yourself up, yelling this to yourself. And like someone's at the window going, oh, God, he's coming here. He's coming here. Don't don't answer the door. <laughs> I tried to make sure I did all that in the car when I was privately just driving on the, on the five in Southern California um, to go to the place. Um, but I tried to be pretty calm on the street, but yeah, I, I remember just getting that up. Like, that's the thing is when you realize that you can earn it and that you can go claim it. Now, you know that there's only one gatekeeper, you. And when you make the decision that you, that you're getting it and you're not stopping until you get it, man, it's so fucking powerful. And it's something that I try to remind myself if I'm ever feeling down or, anxious and stuff like that. Cause we all go through our roller coaster, but 
yeah, that's something that was huge for me. And it was, and it had to be a huge shift because I was so in the be given everything, everything you're given, whether it's a pair of shoes, whether it's, whether it's any blessing, including a wife, you have it given to you because of your good stead. You don't go claim it. You don't go pursue it. So yeah, that was a big deal for me. Awesome. And so do you find yourself reverting back to that giving state at times or, or not? I don't think so. Um, I really don't. Um, but could, the other side that could be a different conversation is you have to have a balance of getting and also being open to receiving. Like you're going to get it, you're going to take it, but you have to be open to receiving. I think where the trap comes from is when you are just are just waiting. You know, people yeah. in our world, like we see the the people that barely enter it and we've seen people come and go. And one of the things that we like for those of us that have stuck around for a while, like we'll make fun of is you're not going to manifest your life on a, on a yogi cushion. You know, you're not just going to sit there and, and it's just going to magically be given to you. You have to apply the law of attraction with the law of action. You know, those two things have to come together. Um, you're yeah. receiving because you've earned, because you've put the time in. It's not that you can't receive or can't be given something. It's that you've yeah. earned the yeah. right to be given yeah. and receive. Because there's the worthiness conversation, right? Like sometimes we there's there's something amazing right there that wants to come in, but because you think you're unworthy or maybe it's even a subconscious thing, you block it. So I think you still need to be open to be given, to receive something, knowing you're worthy of it. But at the same time, don't just sit and wait. And like, there's just, there's something, there's power in going and, and, and earning something and getting it because the power in that is you, you have the, the belief and the self-compassion enough that you've earned it and that you are worthy of having it. And so you're just going to go get it and you're not going to stop until you have it because you're good enough, you know, instead of just hoping and waiting that I'm good enough and somebody's going to come drop a lottery ticket on my lap or something. And I think that's a, uh, okay. So that's a huge statement for those of you watching, listening, right? So what he just said was, you know, I'm going to be giving something because I'm worthy because I've earned it because it's, it's there. And I think that's something that I know um, personally for me, I struggled with a lot. And one of the biggest things I learned in my personal development journey journey was, you know, I am worthy. I had a lot of unworthy conversations. Yeah. Um, and, was- so ha- is is that true for you as well? Have you found yourself, have you found yourself having those unworthy conversations? Yeah, so much, man. And I didn't realize how big it is. And I think having the conversation that we just barely had where I, from a higher perspective can look and back and see what type of my environment and conditionings were. I didn't know it was unworthiness. I've, I've had some really amazing friends that spark conversations like this. Speaking of life on fire, there was some amazing people in that community. Like, I remember um, somebody that was like a motherly figure figure for me was somebody named Jen Benninger. Um, and she, I've had, I was just having conversations with her kind of like this and she recognized in myself that I was blocking stuff and that I didn't feel worthy. And that made me realize, Holy shit. Yeah. I, I subconsciously think that I'm not worthy of this sort of success. And there's probably some unwinding still too. Now that we're having this conversation, if I'm being honest with myself, because for so long, 
the only way you could be given something is being so good that then some other person or God and then some other person acting as God says, oh, okay, you're good enough. They you're deemed that outside sources have deemed your worthiness. Yes, that's that's where I got my worthiness. You're good enough. You can advance in the church. You're good enough. You can go on. You can be a part of. You can have this thing. You're good enough. Like literally, again, I don't want to. I don't want to demonize anybody in the religion that I came from because there are people that are really good people in it, and they're literally doing what they believe. But just to this point. Literally, during my marriage ceremony, where there's like the church leaders get together, they talk. One of the conversations of why I'm getting married now is because they believe that I'm now good enough, that I've evolved enough, that I'm mature enough to get married. And that's there's nothing wrong with that on the face. But to your point, what you just barely mentioned it starts to really condition you over and over and over and over that your worthiness comes from some external source. And I think this isn't just a a religious thing. I think many of us do this in some ways. You know, if you're in Los Angeles, we talked about actors. It's, it's shitty because a lot of times they're so focused on getting the director or the producer, somebody to tell them that they're good enough, you know? And so it can create this, this downward spiral and we have to come to a place where it can come from us. And the paradox is, is when we, when it does come from us, then like a magnet, the outside world tends to respond. hundred um, percent. And I think the same is true by the way with employees. Cause again, I know a lot of you listening or watching were employees, right? How did you get your promotion? Well, your promotion was given to you by your boss, by the CEO or the, whoever. Gave it to sure, you. sure, you've done the work to earn it, but your work was irrelevant. Not as soon as that, it's not that you work. Your your um, promotion could not have happened without someone giving it to you. Versus you saying, "I'm going to just go do this thing," and now now I am this person instead of that person. And I think we we as entrepreneurs who had jobs, and I'll put myself in there too. Like I had my job for six years, my like regular job. And don't get me wrong, I loved it. The people I worked with were awesome. Like it was a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of cool things. I got to travel all over the country. Um, you know, I've been to all but six states. You know, so that that's awesome. But at the end of the day, every year was the conversation with you know the partner, uh, one of the partners of the firm. You know, did I am I going to be given this pay raise? Am I going to be given this promotion? Am I going to be given this new responsibility or given this client or whatever it was? It was always being given, and I, I think. You know, it's been what I love about these conversations and what I love about doing this show is that it other people's stories cause me to reflect upon myself. So I hope that if you're watching or listening to this, you're going, hmm, even though you may not have grown up in a fundamentalist Mormon religion and had, you know, four moms and a huge family and had to be given everything, where else is your um, inability to take something for yourself because you know you want it holding you back? In your that's, that, that's the powerful idea. Like when you like that could be a light bulb for several people that because it certainly was for me when you realize you can make that switch that like maybe we're holding ourselves back because of the paradigm of that it must be given. And when you realize that, oh, my gosh, I can just decide it and go get it. Man, totally different paradigm. You are now empowered and you are free to go get it. 
and it's a different it's a different journey at that point in time. I would I would almost say it's almost like you had uh, blinders on, and all of a sudden they were taken off. And you're like, whoa, there's all this stuff on the left and right. I had no idea. Yep, totally. All right, so you, you know you you make all these decisions. You decide to get out of your own way and say I'm going to pursue and take what I want. You know, um, and you go there. You know, how's how has that journey been? Has it been ups and downs? You know, I know you said some some successes and a bunch of failures. Um, how, how do you keep on going knowing that it's been maybe more downs than it has been ups? Oh, man, it has been such a wild fucking ride and I would not change it for the world. That's um, perfect. That's good. I know uh, a few who would, but most I know would not. I could not say that early on, probably. And I'm. Again, five years into this thing, I'm really, I'm. So I'm wait, we, we literally met at your at the beginning of your journey, then, huh? Yeah, interesting. But it'd be harder to say at the beginning because I'm getting to a place that I'm going to start sounding annoying to new entrepreneurs. I think because I was annoyed when I ever heard somebody down the road say this, and it was saying saying stuff like, "There's a lesson in every up failure." or that it's not about the destination. It's about the journey type of stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm trying to afford fucking rent to work now. Like what's going on? What the F is a funnel? What's a website? Like, how do I make this work? And I, I remember being so, so frustrated and I'm, I'm so, I'm such a baby still. Like I am not even, I'm, I'm barely, and it, again, I don't want this to discourage anyone because there's different things you learn at every stage. I don't want somebody to say, whoa, you have to go five years at this thing to only get going. No, I mean, there were some successes. In my first year, I became debt-free for the first time. I've since invested, and I have some debt now in full transparency. But I became debt-free for the first time, hit my first six figures and stuff like that. Um, and then there's new sets of challenges that I'm dealing with now, especially with some of my business stuff becoming irrelevant because of COVID and things like that. But literally I appreciate the, I'm starting to appreciate the punches in the face because I can see like, how do, what, what am I learning from this? Like what, what, what can I do to get around this? And this is a pattern that I've noticed with every successful person. Like, Somebody that's um, I recently read about, so it's kind of top of mind is Walt Disney, and Walt Disney went through so much crap to get to to make things work. Uh, just as a quick example, was trying to make this Mickey Mouse character a thing, and uh, couldn't get anybody to accept it. And then it got accepted a little bit, like some studio wanted to do it, and then he kept hitting into this obstacle these obstacles like it wasn't it wasn't being played anywhere else and it wouldn't be accepted and then he did something crazy he added sound to it nobody had ever done sound and then after like that that was a nice little explosion then after a while that died and then he did something that was really crazy he added color to it so now you have moving animation with sound and from a principled perspective what I've tried to do is instead of just getting hit into an obstacle, how can I make that obstacle irrelevant? Like how can I transcend it? 
And that's what Walt Disney did. He didn't just go left or right. He was like, how can I transcend this? Yeah, people aren't watching this, but adding sound was something so new and it like transcended it. And then adding color transcended even that. And I think that's kind of how I've tried to view any of the hiccups that I've had, whether it's a client canceling me or um, someone, uh, I don't know, not liking a speech that I gave from stage uh, or any of or a product launch flopping. I'm trying like, I'm really re being reflective on it and being like, okay, what's really the goal here? Because I think there is. And sometimes it's easy to, the only solution that we usually go to is, oh, I'm not good enough. I must not know what the fuck I'm doing. Maybe I'm weighing over it or over my head. If we can get out of those fear-based ego conversations, I think there are some amazing gifts that are there. And that's why I say, yeah, it's been up and it's been ups and downs. I've gotten to connect with cool people like yourself, but even the down stuff, there are there are gold in there that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I'm optimistic that those things will be the stepping stone for me to get to where I truly want to go. Perfect. And I totally get on that new entrepreneur thing. I remember so many times hearing that stuff and I was like, exactly. Like, I don't care. Um, something that I heard that shifted that a little bit for me was, you know, everyone's always talks about, Oh, there's a lesson in the journey. Oh, there's something to be learned here. Um, and it's, and it, Someone else put it to me sort of like this, which is, hey, listen, if you can get there faster, easier, better, then all for it. Go for it. Do it. That's awesome. This has been my journey. You'll have your journey and you'll figure it out along the way. The most important thing is that even if it doesn't work, is to keep keep going. Doesn't matter, you know, and, and you know, and of course, they're wrapping in the learn a lesson and you know, no, no failure is it, failure is only a failure if you didn't learn a lesson, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I get it. And I told, I'm 100 percent with you on the ugh, if I'm a new person, I don't care at all about hearing that, even though it's the most true thing. I'm, um, I think you and I are both starting to realize the truth of just the keep going. I don't think I understood that as much. But if you do stay in the game, you do start to see how the the rewards start to come to you. Yeah. It's, it's a time play. Not, you know, we, we all too often get caught up in, and this is where they were going with this was we get caught up in comparing ourselves to what happened. And, and, um, were you on the call with Ty Lopez? I don't know if you were on that one or not, but I wasn't, um, there was a call, there was a connect call, five connect call with Ty Lopez. And he said, you know, everyone thinks I just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden was this big guy. He's like, what no one realizes is that, you know, that video of me in my garage with, with my Lambos and all my books, that was, you know, almost 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey. No one had ever heard of me 10 years for those 10 years. It, that was like what the thing that eventually catapulted into being, you know, who he is today. But you, you think about that, you know, and that video is only what, four or five years old. So he had 10 years before that of mm -hmm. doing things. And like you said, it's not that those 10 years weren't um, had didn't you know had their successes you know he earned did things earned things yeah you can, his own right maybe it wasn't mega success as we might most of us will define it but it was still a success nonetheless and I think that's the important part is hey listen we can have our successes they don't always have to be the million dollar paydays the ten million dollar paydays it can be oh wow I made six figures this year because for most of us um, a lot of people I know would be like man like to make six figures would allow me to quit my job would give me the comfort the safety whatever to keep going moving forward and that's okay feelings was making seven bucks 
that of something that I created. In fact, I didn't even create it. I, it was just the promise of creating it. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, there's this mini course that I'm putting together. It's going to be 47 bucks right now. You can give it, get it for seven. And somebody put in their freaking credit card for something that had my name on it. I was like, yep. holy I paid $97 on my very first, the first product I ever launched online. And that still to this day is the, the like, oh. it doesn't matter how much, all the other money I've made pales in comparison to that $97. Yeah, dude, that's, I call that, that, that feeling, what you feel and what I felt the pinch, the because there's like, you, you, you hear about this dream and you're like, but is, can this dream be reality? Can it be real? And it's like pinching you like, no, you're awake. <laughs> it, this isn't just real, I promise. You're, you're awake. And that man, yeah, I still feel that. I still feel that when I got that first seven bucks, this is like, oh wow, holy shiz. This thing that I've been watching people on YouTube or listening to podcasts, I can have that. And I'm tasting it right now. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we're just about at the end of, the, end of our time here. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on. Um, I know I took away a bunch from this just for myself. And by the way, guys, if, if you're listening to this or watching this, even if you've heard this before, or you know you you know you've listened to it before, or it's a similar story to what you've heard, sometimes we just need a diff, uh, the same message from a different messenger, um, and and I think that's a huge thing that we get to hear different people's stories. And sometimes it might seem the same, but sometimes it's exactly what we need to hear for us to get out of our own way. So truly appreciate having you on, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And where can uh, everyone find you or check you out if they want to learn more about you and your journey or connect with you? Calvin Wayman everywhere. So CalvinLima.com or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, I'm all there. Calvin Lima. Perfect. Perfect. And guys, definitely check him out. Give him a follow. Give him a like. Give him a fist bump. Uh, of course, if you have questions, you have things you want to ask, uh, everything on the show is always available either on it's on iTunes and all of, all of the podcast platforms or YouTube. Drop a comment. Let us know. Send an email. I'd be happy to answer any questions or if they're, you know, Calvin's, be sure to let him know that there's questions for him so that you guys can get that. And of course, make sure that you subscribe rate and review this show, whether you're listening on, on podcast platforms or on YouTube, every time you subscribe, rate or review for each one of you, it just gets it out further. These conversations are amazing and I would hate for anyone to potentially miss them because you didn't actually subscribe, rate and review this. Also, it just makes me feel good. So if you want to make me feel good, go ahead and do it. Appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll see you on another episode of the Guyao Now show real soon. Thanks for checking in. Take it easy. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.